the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. Glad to have you with us. James Blend is producing Dave King Engineering. Today, a conversation with the general manager of KPDQ and our sister stations, Dennis Hayes. We want to invite uh, pastors and ministry leaders to our golf tournament that's coming up on the 17th of July. The Pastors Masters, all the important details coming up later this hour. And we're going to share that conversation again in the second hour, just to make sure everybody who uh, wants to attend is aware of the details. By the way, if you want to check it out before that conversation, you can go to kpdq.com, look for the Pastors Masters, and all the important details are there. First, taking a look at some of the day's news, the 2023 session of the Oregon Legislature wrapped up. By the uh, constitutional deadline on Sunday, the 25th of June, after passing uh, three different phases, lawmakers completed their rather turbulent uh, session by the deadline, as law requires. Well, the House and Senate uh, adjourned with sine die at 4.26 p.m. on Sunday, a few hours before the constitutional limit. A last-minute vote in the Senate killed a housing bill sought by the governor and passed the House uh, the previous night. But many Democrats opposed it because it would have allowed cities to expand urban growth boundaries onto some rural land not used for farming or forestry. Well, despite that loss, it was and immediately um, it was uh, wasn't immediately clear, rather, whether um, she would pursue similar legislation in the future. Kotek, the governor, said lawmakers delivered on her um, top priorities and her statement uh, following Sine die. Uh, My top priorities since day one has been to reduce homelessness and support housing development, improve access to mental health and addiction services and ensure that Oregon's children are better served by their investments in early literacy, child care, K through 12 schools. This session was not without challenges and there is more work ahead of us. But today, Oregonians should know the state is uh, making progress on our biggest challenges and working hard to deliver results, end quote. Well, the House and Senate finished their uh, sprint through hundreds of budgets and other bills. One of them was the end-of-session budget reconciliation measure known as the Christmas Tree Bill. It distributes a billion dollars from the tax-supported uh, general fund and $1.3 billion in other funds to agencies and projects. Also among the approvals, $1 billion in bonds for Oregon's share of the new Interstate 5 bridge across the Columbia River to connect Portland and Vancouver, Washington. I'm not sure I'm ever going to see that in my lifetime, but one can always hope. Majority Democrats largely praised what was done. Minority Republicans largely criticized what was done and what wasn't done, though there were bipartisan agreements on a range of issues. The 160-day session opened with early bipartisan passage of two priorities of the new governor. Uh, They were $217 million for emergency shelter, primarily uh, working on more housing 
and $210 million for uh, businesses and others to obtain federal grants for domestic semiconductor manufacturing. But the political atmosphere, as you well know, changed drastically in the first days of May after majority Democrats overcame objections by minority Republicans to pass two House bills ensuring access to abortion, other reproductive and gender-affirming care, and banning ghost guns made with... uh, untraceable parts. Well, that same week that the House passed those bills, largely along party lines, minority Republicans walked out of the Senate to forestall action. Well, they didn't return until, well, late in the session. Well, a partial list of the 2023 session, housing and homelessness, as I mentioned, $217 million for state aid to emergency regional efforts and agency planning, $153 million added to the $1 billion committed in the past two years for mobile crisis response and coordination between responders and care centers for behavioral health. Semiconductor aid, $210 million. Interstate 5 bridge, $1 billion. Public schools, a record state school fund of, one, of $10.2 billion, plus $140 million in state grants to help boost reading skills. Um, colleges, $1 billion in state support for the seven universities and $300 million for Oregon Opportunity Grants. The maximum raised from 5000 to 7500 There was the uh, child tax credit, creating a credit of $1,000 subtracted directly from taxes owed starting in 2023, the tax year, for an estimated 55,000 children under the age of six qualifying for qualifying families. Abortion access, ensuring the right to choose and the right to sue for reproductive and gender-affirming care. Uh, Ghost guns uh, with untraceable parts are barred after September 1st of 2024. On public defense, $90 million for hiring of more lawyers, compiling lists of public employees available for representation. And some other items, a ban video sharing app from the state-owned devices starting September 24th, referring to TikTok. Uh, reset at inflation plus 7%, uh, rent cap, um, capped at 10% annually starting this year in 2024. Um, uh, self-serve gasoline passed. Uh, full service remains uh, for half the station pump, so it's still available. High school graduation, personal finance, and life skills courses will be required to graduate beginning in uh, 2027. And now Oregon's official state vegetable, the potato. Uh, they also set up a telephone fee uh, that uh, starts with uh, 40 cents per line monthly, effective January 1st of next year to pay for 988 crisis lines. So there is a tax on your telephone. So some of the things that uh, passed in the now concluded Oregon legislature. One other thing I'll mention, the Oregon legislature has criminalized possession of fentanyl, and that is essentially undoing a small part of Measure 110. Only one legislator opposed that measure, uh, responding to an outcry over death from fentanyl. They passed a bill that uh, criminalizes possession of just one gram of fentanyl, reversing again a small portion of Measure 110 that reduced personal use of the uh, hyperpowered opioid to a violation carrying a $100 fine. So a brief glimpse back at the legislature and ahead to what uh, they passed that we will be responsible uh, for living by. We're going to take a break here in just a moment. When we come back, we'll talk about a couple of decisions by the U.S. Supreme Court, one having to do with the Biden border policy and another on the um, independent state legislature theory. Again, the court ruling in both cases. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. 
Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Coming up later in the program, details of Pastors Masters. That's coming up on the 17th of July, to which you are invited if you are a pastor or a ministry leader. Well, the Supreme Court Friday struck down Texas and Louisiana's legal challenge to the new Biden administration border policies that violate federal statutes and harm citizens in Texas and Louisiana, the state argued. Well, the Supreme Court didn't agree. All justices besides Samuel Alito concurred in the opinion that Texas and Louisiana lack standing to challenge the new rules, which the Department of Homeland Security promulgated in 2021. Texas and Louisiana argue that federal law requires law enforcement to arrest certain non-citizens upon their release from prison or entry of a final order of removal. But the new DHS rule only prioritizes the arrest and removal of non-citizens who are suspected terrorists or dangerous criminals who unlawfully entered the country recently. The states claim that these rules harmed them by imposing extra costs by requiring them to continue to incarcerate or supply social services such as health care and education to non-citizens. And while the U.S. District Court for Southern District of Texas last year found that the states would incur additional costs, the Supreme Court ruled that any alleged injury must also be legally and judicially cognizable. How often you've heard that word cognizable to meet standing requirements and this harm does not. On the merits, the district court found that DHS guidelines unlawful and vacated them and the fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals declined to stay that court's judgment. Justice Brett Kavanaugh delivered the court's opinion. Chief Justice John Roberts joined in, along with Justices Sotomayor, uh, Kagan, and uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson. Justice Neil Gorsuch wrote a concurring opinion in which Justice Clarence Thomas and Amy Coney Barrett joined. Barrett also wrote a concurring opinion with Gorsuch in which he joined. Well, the Supreme Court held that the Constitution's Elections Clause does not vest exclusive and independent authority in state legislatures to set the rules regarding federal elections. The case stems from the North Carolina Supreme Court's decision in February of last year to toss a congressional map drawn by the Republican-led legislature after the 2020 census as an egregious and intentional partisan gerrymandering. Well, Chief Justice John Roberts wrote for the majority, joined by Justices Sonia Sotomayor, Elena Kagan, Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, and Katanji Brown-Jackson. State courts retain the authority to apply state constitutional restraints when legislatures act under the power conferred upon them by the Elections Clause, Roberts wrote. But federal courts must not abandon their own duty to exercise judicial review In interpreting state law in this area, state courts may not so exceed the bounds of ordinary judicial review as to unconstitutionally intrude upon the role specifically reserved to state legislatures by Article 1, Section 4 of the federal Constitution. In this case, the Supreme Court determined, rather, uh, it need not decide whether the North Carolina Supreme Court strayed beyond the limits derived from the elections uh, clause, affirming the judgment of the state Supreme Court. The North Carolina Supreme Court reversed its 2022 ruling in April, finding that it did not have the authority to review the map under the state constitution. Meanwhile, former President Donald Trump insists he did nothing wrong as he reacted to a leaked recording of him apparently discussing what he described as highly confidential documents in his possession post-presidency. Trump, the commanding frontrunner in the latest GOP presidential nomination polls as he runs a third straight time for the White House, argued in an interview on Tuesday that this is just another hoax. It was a video with audio. 
or rather just an audio, I believe. Uh, I would say election interference more than anything else. It's a disgrace that uh, they can do it, Trump said. Everything was fine. We did nothing wrong. And everybody knows it. End quote. Well, the former president was indicted and arraigned this month for his alleged improper retention of classified records. He pleaded not guilty in federal court to criminal charges that he illegally retained national security records at his Mar-a-Lago estate in Palm Beach, Florida, following the end of his term in office and that he obstructed federal efforts to recover the documents. In total, he faces 37 felony charges. In an exclusive interview last week, the former president said there was no document and that he was just discussing news clippings. But an audio recording obtained by CNN appears to show the former president discussing classified materials during a July 2021 meeting at his golf club in Bedminster, New Jersey. The former president is heard saying these are the papers while he's apparently discussing top secret U.S. military attack plans on Iran. Trump said on the tape that the plan came from the Pentagon officials. On the recording, he's also heard saying it is so cool and that information was classified and highly confidential. The conversation is believed to be a key piece of evidence in the special counsel's indictment against the former president. Asked how the audio recording squares with what he told uh, uh, the interviewer, Trump answered, I said it very clearly. I had a whole desk full of lots of papers, mostly newspaper clippings, copies of magazines, copies of different plans, copies of stories having to do with many, many, many subjects. And what was said was absolutely fine. We did nothing wrong. This is a whole hoax. Well, of course, that's his assessment. But the uh, court will decide whether or not that is accepted as the uh, the answer to that question. In other news, the court on Monday tossed, uh, well, let's see, I covered that. Sweden uh, made a U-turn on green energy, turning to clean nuclear power. Sweden just dealt a severe blow to the globalist climate agenda by scraping um, by its uh, green energy plan and coming up with nuclear European countries are under constant pressure from multiple directions to shift to renewable energy to meet the goals of the World Economic Forum's green agenda. And the uh, Swedish have decided they're going the traditional route, nuclear. Representative Tester will be tested in Montana. The decorated former Navy SEAL and businessman Tom Shahey Uh, Recently announced his bid for Montana's Senate seat up for contention in 2024. The seat currently held by Democrat John Tester is vulnerable in a state that has increasingly moved toward Republicans over the last several election cycles. The entrance of Shahi, who uh, sports an impressive resume, represents a significant challenge not only to Tester's political future, but also to Democrats' chances of maintaining control of the Senate. In making his announcement, he charged that the uh, three-term Democrat with not uh, representing our Montana values, contending that it's time for a new generation of leadership to rebuild America. This will be a race to keep an eye on, he said. Well, as the saying goes, one man's loss is another man's game. Months after Tucker Carlson was surprisingly ditched by America's leading cable news outlet, Jesse Waters has been chosen to fill the departed host's 8 p.m. time slot. In a bit of musical chairs, Waters' current show, Jesse Waters' primetime, will be moved from the 7 p.m. time slot to 8 p.m., while Laura Ingram's show will move from 10 p.m. to 7 p.m., and Greg Gutfeld's show will move from 11 p.m. to 10. Since his firing, Carlson has posted several shows on Twitter, receiving high viewership numbers.
Dr. Anthony Fauci may have retired from his lucrative federal government position as director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases at NIH, a position he held for nearly four decades, but he's not retiring. The 82-year-old will be taking up a faculty position at Georgetown University. Fauci explained of his decision, I could do more experiments in the lab and have my lab going, but given what I've um, been through, I think what I want to, uh, what I have to offer is experience and inspiration to the younger generation of students, end quote. So will Fauci offer the students at Georgetown a living example of how not to respond to a pandemic, critics ask. Meanwhile, in New York City, while the Swedes are wising up, the uh, same can't be said of the, uh, the city's bureaucracy. Fresh off the banning gas stoves, New York City's Department of Environmental Protection is now targeting the city's pizzerias. The department has concocted new rules aimed at cutting emissions from wood and coal-fired ovens. It, uh, in what clearly appears to be little other than a shakedown, the new rules would force pizzerias with wood and coal-fired ovens uh, that were installed prior to 2016 to install new emissions control devices. The official reason for this business chilling regulation is to cut wood and coal emissions in the city by 75 percent. City officials claim that less than 100 restaurants or fewer than 100 restaurants would be affected by the new regulation. But the real question is, what does New York City's bureaucracy have against um, the um, the practice Hardworking Americans' freedoms in the name of climate change, critics say, is why an increasing number of people are moving out of blue states into greener, freer pastures in red states. We'll see how they respond in this mandate. McCarthy is threatening Garland with an impeachment inquiry, and Hunter Biden will face hours of questioning under oath on Thursday when he sits for a deposition in the civil case brought by the owner of the computer repair shop where he abandoned his laptop. The deposition represents the first time the president's son will be forced to confirm he owned the laptop that contained a cache of emails incriminating the Biden family in a pay-to-play scandal. And unlike the criminal investigation into Hunter's conduct, this time his father's administration won't be able to protect him. Hunter will be under oath, unable to allow his attorneys to obfuscate on his behalf. One of the first questions posed to the president's son will be whether he left the MacBook at the repair shop and signed the agreement stating that any equipment left by the uh, or with the Mac shop after 90 days of notification of completed service will be treated as abandoned. And you agree to hold the Mac shop harmless for any damage or loss of property. End quote. No. Biden claims ignorance of Hunter's Ford and business uh, dealings in face of mounting evidence to the contrary. And uh, the boss or potential former boss of the Wagner paramilitary group issued on Monday his first statement since leading a rebellion over the weekend that threatened to throw Russia into upheaval. It was not our goal to overthrow the regime, he said, claiming in an audio statement that was uploaded to one of his Telegram pages. We started our march because of an injustice. We stopped at that point when it became clear that much blood would be spilled. Uh, that's why we believe that the demonstration of what we were planning to do was enough. Our decision to turn back had two factors. We didn't want to spill Russian blood. Secondly, we marched as a demonstration of our protest. Prigozhin also said that his soldiers would resist signing contracts with the Russian government and claimed then uh, that they might be allowed to operate in Belarus. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We're going to take a, a quick break. Uh, later in the program, a conversation with Dennis Hayes uh, and Mike Lee on Pastors Masters 
It's our gift to pastors. We'll give you all the important details. Pastors, I should say, and ministry leaders. So stay with us. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. A professor is suing Pennsylvania State University for race discrimination after he was subjected to instruction that the English language is racist and the embodiment of white supremacy, along with additional tirades against white people in professional development trainings, according to the lawsuit. Professor Zach DePiro was individually singled out for ridicule and humiliation because of the color of his skin. The lawsuit filed by the Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism said DePiro was an English professor at Penn State Abingdon when he complained about the continuous stream of racial insults directed at white faculty in the writing department. The director of the Affirmative Action Office told him that there is a problem with the white race, that he should attend anti-racist workshops until uh, you get it, and that he might have mental health issues, the lawsuit alleged. Some of the workshops included a presentation captioned, White Teachers Are a Problem, according to the lawsuit. The White Teachers Are a Problem video imposed on Penn State faculty. He said the university wanted him to believe that as a white individual, I'm somehow responsible for all the injustices and suffering currently in the world and in the history of the world. DePiro continued, I think there is almost a religious cult-like environment where you had this original sin. In this case, I'm white. I need to repent for that sin. I need to keep going uh, to these trainings, keep doing the work. I think uh, they were waging a psychological war campaign, and they're trying to break people, and they almost broke me, but they didn't. Well, the lawsuit alleged uh, that um, uh, they tried to coerce faculty to introduce equity into the grading process to ensure there weren't disparities in uh, by penalizing students. In other words, what you earned in a grade would not be considered, but you would be given a grade based on who you happen to be um, academically on the basis of race. Defendants, bigotry manifests itself in low expectations, the teacher went on to say, or the professor. They do not expect black or Hispanic students to achieve the same mastery of academic subject matters as other students and therefore insist that deficient performance must be excused, the lawsuit said. Second, defendants' bigotry manifested itself in overt discrimination against students and faculty who do apply consistent standards, especially white faculty. An equity administrator named in the suit, Delina Wong, engaged in breathing exercises in one session and suggested white staff needed to hold their breath longer than people of color in order to feel the pain that George Floyd endured. In other words, they're responsible for that as well, according to the lawsuit. Penn State officially warned DePiro that dissenting from Penn State's race-based dogma would result in disciplinary action, the lawsuit said. The professor ended up leaving his position, but fighting so that others won't face a similar challenge. The prevailing view is because discrimination has existed, the only remedy is uh, imposing discrimination that will never end. So this is a complete uh, about face to what the the founding principles uh, were intended to be, what Martin Luther King taught and others that were embraced broadly by the culture. A Harvard professor who studies honesty for a living is being accused of faking data and a U.S. recession is coming this year. According to HSBC, they're warning with Europe to follow in 2024 and be wary of a wounded Peyton or rather Putin uh, as well. Well, on this day in history, 1844, Mormon leader Joseph Smith and his brother Hiram are killed by a mob in Carthage, Illinois. 1880, Helen Keller, who lived most of her life without sight or hearing, is born in 
Tecumseh, Alabama. 1905, uh, the Industrial Workers of the World is founded in Chicago. 1974, President Richard Nixon opens an official visit to the Soviet Union. And 1988, Mike Tyson retains the undisputed heavyweight crown, knocking out Michael Spinks 91 seconds into the first round of a championship fight in Atlantic City, New Jersey. 1991, Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall, the first black jurist to sit on the nation's highest court, announces his retirement. His departure would lead to the contentious nomination of Clarence Thomas to succeed him. 2005, the Supreme Court rules in a pair of 5-4 decisions that displaying the Ten Commandments on government property is constitutionally permissible in some cases, but not in others. 2007, Tony Blair resigns as British Prime Minister after more than 10 years in power. 2008, Bill Gates steps down as chairman of Microsoft. 2017, Mark Zuckerberg announces that Facebook had passed 2 billion monthly users. 2018, Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy, who was often the deciding vote on abortion, gay rights, and other controversial issues, announces his retirement. Kennedy's departure would lead to the nomination and bitter confirmation battle over Brett Kavanaugh. 2019, the Supreme Court blocks the Trump administration's plan to include a question about citizenship status on the 2020 U.S. Census. Well, conservatives and their products face obstacles on Amazon. Ads are blocked. Social networks are booted and books are undiscoverable on the search engine or removed altogether. Well, now an alternative is on the rise. Public Square or Public SQ, which brands itself as pro-life, pro-family, pro-freedom, has accumulated over 1.1 million consumer users and 55,000 businesses since its launch on the 4th of July last year. I've witnessed the need for a parallel economy for a decade now as corporate entity after corporate entity turned against me and my family's more traditional values. That's a quote from Michael Seifert, the founder and CEO of Public SQ. Uh, Speaking to National Review in an interview, we continually felt disheartened and wondered if there were any brands that would speak to us or at the very least wouldn't verbally antagonize us, end quote. Well, Public SQ encourages freedom-loving Americans to enjoy values-aligned business, uh, businesses rather, after high-profile conservative advocates for boycotts of Target and other corporations that introduced pride-themed merchandise in June, the Public SQ app surged to um, the number two shopping app and the number three free app in Apple App Store, while the consumers' members' base grew by over 300,000. We're going after Amazon, Seifert said. Small businesses that joined Public SQ can attest that the app provided a valuable platform. Uh, One owner of the um, herbal wellness company, told National Review that she saw a 20% increase in orders within two weeks of joining and advertising on Public SQ. They require businesses joining the site to affirm its five core values, a commitment to freedom and truth, protect the family unit and the sanctity of every life, belief in the greatness of this nation, and the conviction that small businesses are the backbone of our economy and that government isn't the source of our rights, so it can't take them away. Businesses must further affirm that they uh, will source as many products as is uh, uh, possible in the United States. Then a vetting team will conduct Internet searches and interviews to verify whether the business has publicly contradicted those values. 
Seifert said Public SQ also checks for quality by ensuring that the phone numbers are live, the websites are functioning, and there are promising reviews. Uh, they also have a Facebook um, mechanism that allows consumers to rely, uh, relay rather their shopping experience. Boycotts are not enough, Seifert said on national uh, to National Review. Unto themselves, we actually don't believe they're as effective as if you were to completely unsubscribe from these broken and corrupt companies because you found something better. But while conservatives have called for boycotts, progressives have expressed their hostility toward brands and, co- and companies that defend traditional values. Anna Person, a mechanical engineer in Ohio, launched a skincare small business, Root Apothecary, in 2022, then added it to the public SQ in May of 23, after a conservative follower on social media suggested she join the platform. My product sellout is uh, in under two minutes almost every time I do a merchandise drop, so it's hard to know if I've gotten new customers from Public SQ or if I'm just being seen because I'm on the platform. Although her tallow skincare products sell out within minutes, she doesn't... Uh, she does carry products from other small businesses that are always uh, in stock, and she's seen a 10% increase in daily sales since joining. Anna's company is uh, transparent about its values. We believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he died on the cross for our sins. We're unapologetically anti-woke, pro-life, pro-medical freedom, pro-2A, and we value faith, life, family, freedom, and obviously small American business. Well, she said that the most controversial uh, most controversial of these values is being pro-life, and she received plenty of hostile messages on social media, especially after the overturn of Roe versus Wade. She's found this new site a safe place that is not only welcoming of her values, but also a lucrative place to make her wares available. Might want to check out Public SQ. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to talk with Dennis Hayes, the general manager here at KPDQ and our sister affiliated stations and Mike Lee, who is the uh, ministry leader for local ministries here in the Portland metro area about the pastors masters golf event that's coming up on the 17th of July pastors ministry leaders. We are inviting you to come and have a great uh, time of playing golf with one another. You can bring a team or you can come all by yourself. All the important details at kpdq.com. That conversation up next. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, good afternoon and welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. With me in studio are two of my favorite people, the general manager of KPDQ and all of the other Salem Media stations here. Dennis Hayes and the local ministry director, Mike Lee. We're here to talk about an event that's coming up. I am so excited about that is the Pastors Masters Golf Tournament. First of all, welcome to both of you. Thanks, Thank Georgine. What a privilege it is to be in the room with you two. It is. It you know, is. This is such a cool event because we're not asking the pastors to do anything except come together and enjoy an 18 hole round of golf. What's behind this this event? Well, one of the key things that we want to do, and you do this every day on the air, you want to bless our pastors, our ministers, those that are in ministry. And so the pastors event, though we haven't had it in the last three years because Mm -hmm. of COVID and so forth, uh, we brought it back this year. And simply it is an opportunity for pastors to come together, forget about all the other things that's going on in in their lives and their ministry, and just have fun golfing and there's um some prizes for them there's also uh little kind of breakfast snacks and then yep. we have a 
beautiful lunch that we want to bless them with as well. So we we just want to have an opportunity to celebrate our pastors. You know, I think few of us recognize the tremendous pressure that church leaders are under these days. They're called, and so there's the commitment there, but there's a tremendous amount of weight that they bear on a regular basis. Mike, you work with pastors and church leaders all the time. Can you give us a bit of perspective on that? I must admit, golf, I respect that it takes a lot of effort and skill and that not everyone can do it. But golf to me is like NASCAR. I don't understand it. I don't get the appeal. (laughs) So I worked for about five of these pastor's master's events over the years, and it finally clicked when a pastor came up to me and admitted, just for one day, I get to be a normal person out having fun with friends. Yeah. And that's when it finally clicked of how important this pastor's master's golf outing is. So Dennis, as our general manager, I want to thank you very much for fighting to get this back because we work for a big company that wants us to make sure that we're not losing money. Times are what they are. COVID hit. We've had layoffs over the years. So I realize that you struggled with the company to make sure that we would be allowed to do this. So thank you for your efforts to bless the pastors. Thank you for all of the whole sponsors that have come forward and saying, we want to help you just get out and have a good day with your friends. Thank you, Langdon Farms, for treating us like gold all these years and allowing us to host it at a good course. Yeah, great course. Yeah, both challenging, but open to the once-a-year golfer to feel welcome. And thank you for plenty of food and deli European cuisine in Happy Valley for making some amazing food, not only for our office, but for the Continental Breakfast before the shotgun start. Yeah. You know, I was just going to say, just to add on what you were talking about, we have pastors that come that are incredible golfers. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are incredible. And then you have pastors that come that are just like me. You know, we know what a golf ball is. That's pretty much it. Supposed to go in the hole. And so it doesn't matter if you are, you know, an incredible golfer or if you you're you're horrible. We just want to invite pastors to come, regardless of how good or how bad they might be. Well, I want to just mention that it's possible for a pastor who might think, I'm not sure I want to go by myself. Put a team together. Get your youth ministry leader there and some other folks. Put a team together and come and play 18 holes of golf. It really is a beautiful um, uh, golf course. Uh, You get to be around others who are in like-minded work and to just enjoy. And again, we're not asking you to do anything except come and enjoy yourself. As you mentioned, there's a a, a light breakfast at 7 a.m. when folks arrive. Things begin at 8 o'clock. This is on Monday, July the 17th. You get to play 18 holes for $25, which is unheard of. And then we have a, a lunch to follow. And there are some prizes for, uh, for some, of these, uh, mm-hmm. some, some of these players. So we're encouraging you to join us. This whole event is presented by Adventist Health Portland, the Pastors Masters Golf Tournament. And this year we're back out at Langdon Farms in Aurora. That's just um, close to West, uh, Wilsonville. Wilsonville. I'll get Westland right and Wilsonville. Yeah. Yeah. Pass by it every day, probably. It's easy to find. So, yeah. um, And this is one of the best maintained golf courses in the Pacific Northwest. So it's just a beautiful uh, facility, a beautiful day, wonderful fellowship. You're going to be greeted and encouraged at several of the holes while you're golfing. It's a day that we want to encourage you to be a part of. To um, 
to join us, all you need to do is go to kpdq.com and all the important details are there. And we would encourage you to come by yourself if you want to or to bring a team and put some uh, some folks together. Just come and enjoy a day that's just to say we appreciate you. We recognize the tremendous sacrifices you made. We recognize the calling on your life that doesn't afford you Amen. this kind of recreation very often. And we just want to affirm you that we desperately need you to continue in your work and uh, to just bless you. So that's really what it's all about. There's not going to be a Amway pitch somewhere in the middle. <laughs> We're just going to. Well, we thought but, about that, but uh, Mike said no. Okay, okay. well, <laughs> you can get your soap somewhere else. Georgine, can I just make one clarification? Yeah. Uh, Dennis came up with the brilliant title, Pastors Masters, which he unfortunately never patented because everyone stole it since then. But it's for ministry leaders as well. And yes. I will argue the middle school girls youth group leader or the parking lot attendant, or the church secretary, or the Sunday school volunteer probably needs an outlet or an outing or a break more than the lead pastor of a church that gets invited everywhere. So keep in mind, if you work in ministry at all, be a part of this. Yeah, Join us. Enjoy a day out. This happens once a year. And it's just a, it's going to be a beautiful day. It's just an opportunity to be blessed and to bless you. So we hope you'll take full advantage of this personal invitation, which we are extending to you on behalf of uh, KPDQ and our sister stations here uh, in the Portland metro area. Again, you can sign up at kpdq.com, and we would encourage you to do that. You don't need to worry about breakfast before you arrive, because at 7 a.m., we have a sumptuous feast Okay, that might be a slight overstatement, but we do have uh, breakfast food available for you there, and that is going to be uh, provided for you. Uh, that's plenty of food and deli European cuisine in Happy Valley. And then uh, 8 o'clock tea, uh, tea off. See, I don't even know how to refer to the tea it's, off. It's not tea. It's not a tea party. There. No, <laughs> you don't have to no. have your pinkies up. There you go. <laughs> and then around 1230, uh, a great uh, buffet luncheon after the tournament. Uh, with some bonus sponsor activities at various holes as you're golfing throughout the the course, it's just a fun, fun day. I know we, um, I know Mike, you get to man one of the holes. Uh, the Georgine Rice Show will be at one of them. One of my favorite things is just having these teams come through mm. uh, to have conversation, to encourage and bless and express our high regard, and it's just a fun day. It is, and I hope they hear this and be excited to come. We personally invite you. Absolutely. It's on a Monday, so we know you have a busy weekend. Monday is your day off for many, so we want to encourage you to take full advantage of this opportunity. You're finished midday, so uh, breakfast at 7, golf at 8, lunch uh, midday, and then you're back off to uh, whatever it is you do uh, during your spare time. KPDQ.com is the uh, the way to register for you and your team, or if you're coming by yourself. We just want you to come, and there is space available so don't hesitate uh, to do that. $25, which is um, very reasonable for 18 um, mm-hmm. holes of golf. That's that's not... Plus lunch? I hear that's unheard of. Yeah, it's it's pretty much unheard of. So we encourage you to come. Final words, Dennis Hayes, our fearless leader. Um, simply come. We want to bless you. We want you just to come and enjoy other pastors or ministry leaders and um, just Time of refreshing. Yep. Be refreshed. Be blessed. So if you're listening, you uh, need to tell your pastor and ministry leaders to put the team together to come uh, to enjoy this time of encouragement and fellowship. Mike Lee, final words? Somewhere out there is a ministry leader or a pastor who hasn't had a break any time recently. Reach out. Make sure they yeah. know about it. Bring 
them yourselves. Golf alongside them even. Hmm. But do make sure that they know that you appreciate them. Again, go to kpdq.com. All the important details are there. $25 per person uh, is a great price for 18 holes of of golf at a beautiful uh, golf course here in the metro area. And we are looking forward to greeting you, to feeding you, to encouraging you, to blessing you, and to giving you a great day outdoors. Gentlemen, Dennis Hayes, Mike Lee, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, we look forward to celebrating with our pastors. Thank you. Again, that's coming up on the 17th of July. That's a Monday, uh, 7 a.m. All right, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back. So stay with us. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the second hour of The Georgine Rice Show. James Blend producing, Dave King engineering. Glad to have you with us. I had a conversation earlier in the day with the general manager of KPDQ, Dennis Hayes, and the uh, director of local ministries, Mike Lee. Uh, I'm going to rebroadcast that conversation because it focuses on the Pastors Masters Golf event that's coming up on the 17th of July. I want to make sure as many of uh, KPDQ listeners as can hear it do hear it and that you can make sure that if you're involved in ministry or if you would like to encourage your pastor or someone involved in ministry in your church or in an organization, you let them know that's uh, coming up on the 17th of of uh, I almost said January, July, <laughs> and all the important details and how to register at kpdq.com. Returning to some of the headline news, the Russian authorities announced on Tuesday a criminal investigation into the armed rebellion led by Wagner Group chief um, Yegevnev Prigozhin. Oh, I, I can't remember my Russian. Prigozhin. I apologize to all of my Russian listeners. Uh, anyway, he's, uh, it's been closed with no charges filed against anyone involved. The Federal Security Service said its investigation revealed that the participants in the mutiny ceased activities directed at a, uh, committing the crime, according to the Associated Press. Well, despite President Vladimir Putin calling them traitors, the Kremlin stated over the weekend that it would uh, not prosecute the uh, leader and his troops after he pulled his men back on Saturday to avoid bloodshed less than 24 hours after the revolt began. The charge of mounting an armed mutiny carries a punishment of up to 20 years in prison. Prigozhin, he avoided prosecution. Um, and that contrasts with how the Kremlin has been responding to people staging anti-government protests. Many opposition figures in Russia received lengthy prison sentences and they're serving time in penal colonies known for harsh conditions. It remains unclear uh, where Progrosian is located as of Tuesday. The Kremlin said uh, it made a deal with uh, with a leader. He would uh, move to Belarus but neither he nor the Belarusian authorities have confirmed his whereabouts. More on that a bit later in the program as well. Meanwhile, a Texas community college fired one of its biology professors for teaching his students that sex was determined by X and Y chromosomes, according to a new report. Now, the new report isn't X and Y chromosomes. That's always been the case, but report on the situation. First Liberty Institute, a law firm that defends religious liberty for Americans, sent a letter to St. Philip's College in San Antonio on behalf of the professor, Dr. Johnson Varkey, demanding the institution reinstate him after he was fired on the 20, in January of 23. When teaching the human reproductive system, Dr. Varkey also stated that human sex is determined by chromosomes X and Y and that reproduction must occur between a male and a female to continue the human species. Now, that may not have been controversial five years ago, ten years ago, but today that 
well, widely known scientific fact is considered controversy. First Liberty stated in its letter, in the uh, course of teaching human anatomy and physiology, he had uh, he made these statements in every class for 20 years without any incident or complaint. On November 28th of 22, four of his students walked out of his class when he stated that sex was determined by X and Y chromosomes, just as he had dozens of times before. Well, despite the fact that uh, the professor taught from school-approved and science-based curriculum, let me repeat that, school-approved and science-based curriculum, St. Philip's College claims his teaching was religious. As an adjunct professor, he taught human anatomy and physiology at the college for more than 1,500 students for 22 years, where he taught the same principle he was um, fired for this year, according to First Liberty. Now, interestingly enough, uh, science, which we have been told is uh, opposed to religion, is now considered religion when it contradicts the prevailing view. The prodigious Wimbledon tournament is set to introduce artificial intelligence-powered commentary in July. All England Club has uh, tapped tech giant IBM's Watson X AI platform to create audio commentary and captions for its video highlight packages. According to IBM's, uh, the platform has been trained in the unique language of tennis. The uh, All England Club's relationship with AI was not entirely new, as the club currently uses IBM's technology to generate its player power index. Well, the index is one of the tools used to analyze how a tennis player is performing on the court. Well, tennis fans will have access to the innovative video packages when they log into the Wimbledon app or the tournament's official website. During periods of the tournament, when a real human is not available to provide commentary, the AI-powered technology is expected to step in and produce captions for some of the videos. The largest police union in the state of Florida announced on Monday that it's backing Governor Ron DeSantis for president after previously supporting former President Trump. In a press release announcing the presidential endorsement, the Florida Police Benevolent Association president called DeSantis the most effective governor in the nation who will make public safety a top priority in the White House. He called DeSantis the one candidate for president who has a proven track record for enhancing public safety and investing in the essential men and women who help maintain public safety every day. For the over 30,000 men and women in Florida, the Police Benevolent Association, the choice for us could not be clearer, he said. The police union endorsed Trump in 2020. Reporters grilled White House officials on President Biden's economic record as he tried to rebrand for his 2024 reelection campaign on Tuesday. Principal Deputy Press Secretary Olivia Dalton defended Biden's economy during a press briefing at the White House on Tuesday. Reporters pointed to polls showing that Americans are deeply skeptical of the president's ability to keep the economy stable with global challenges. According to our last poll, 54 to 36 percent say Donald Trump did a better job handling the economy when he was president than Biden has done so far. You aren't announcing anything new necessarily this week. You are just highlighting and touting what you've done. Is that enough? The reporter asked. Well, the exchange came just one day after the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, was put on her heels regarding her claim that Americans are feeling better about their personal finances under President Biden. Several Twitter users um, pushed back rather against the claim, joking that only one family has benefited from Biden's economic policies. What world is she living in? Asked one. Inflation is the highest it's been in 40 years. Nearly 80 percent of Americans think the country is headed in the wrong direction. A vast majority of Americans can't find one thousand dollars in emergency funds 
Biden has failed America. Representative Wesley Hunt, Republican out of Texas, wrote. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said Monday that impeachment proceedings could target Attorney General Merrick Garland if an IRS whistleblower's allegations about the Hunter Biden investigation are proven to be true. Garland has come under scrutiny after the release of a purported WhatsApp message from 2017 between Hunter Biden and a Chinese businessman mentioning Joe Biden and demanding payment. IRS Criminal Supervisory Special Agent Gary Shapley Jr., who oversaw the agency's investigation into Hunter Biden, claims the agency obtained a message from WhatsApp dated July 30th, 2017, from Hunter Biden to Harry Zhao, CEO of Harvest Fund Management, where the president's son claimed that he was with his father in an attempt to pressure Zhao to fulfill a commitment. In response to the whistleblower allegations, uh, Ian Sams, a spokesperson for the White House Counsel's Office, said that the president wasn't involved with his son in business. Former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice cast doubt on the likelihood of Russian President Vladimir Putin that he staged the attempted rebellion, arguing that it would give him too much credit. Rice joined America's newsroom on Monday to discuss her reaction to the Wagner Group's retreat and how the chaos had exploded Putin's grip on power as questions linger. uh, uh, In the uh, interview, Rice said, I think it probably gives him too much credit. You wouldn't stage something that makes you look so weak because really dictators, authoritarians rest on three principles. One is there have to uh, be fear in the population. Secondly, you have to look invincible. And thirdly, there can be no alternatives. Well, this has exploded all of those for Putin. It also has exploded his myth that the Ukrainian special military operation could take place without any effect on Russia, without any effect on the Russian population and that it was a just and necessary war. Probably the most damaging thing about this is that Prigozhin said that uh, what has been unspoken by those who have supported the war, that this is actually a war that did not have to take place, where hundreds of thousands of Russians did not have to die, where a million people didn't have to flee the country. That, to me, again, Rice said, is the most damaging thing that Prigozhin had done. Former U.S. Ambassador to Russia John Sullivan said the truce brokered between Russian President Vladimir Putin and the Wagner Group is evidence of Putin's weakness. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Back in a moment. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Well, BlackRock CEO Larry Fink is reportedly ashamed he's part of the debate surrounding the Environmental, Social and Governance, or ESG, investment criteria that's made him a target of conservatives. But a leading opponent feels the high-powered executive is the poster child for ESG. Consumers Research Executive Director Will Hild feels ESG is essentially the entire financial services industry using their market power to push a far-left progressive agenda, which he says BlackRock has done for years. Larry Fink and BlackRock really are the poster children for ESG. BlackRock is the largest asset manager in the world, managing over $9 trillion. And Larry has been very vocal about the ways in which he uses that market power to push his political agenda. Uh, Fink admitted during a conversation with Axios at the Aspen Ideas Festival on Sunday that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' uh, decision to pull $2 billion in assets from BlackRock in 2022 hurt his firm. He also insisted the term ESG has been misused by the far left and far right, but Hill doesn't think the BlackRock honcho is being truthful about the term. 
What he really is afraid to admit is that ESG is at its heart a corruption of the free market system and an attack on companies pursuing what should be their main focus, which is serving the consumer, Hild said. Hild said consumers' research is committed to educating consumers on issues important to them and amplifying their voice and and, uh, marketplace, which is why BlackRock has become a target. Russia's notorious mercenary organization known as the Wagner Group once again made global headlines after its leader led a mutiny against the Kremlin over the weekend in apparent retaliation for the treatment of his contract fighters. And while the mutiny came to an end before they reached Moscow due to an ambiguous uh, deal struck by Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko, uh, who granted safe haven to Wagner uh, and his forces. It remains unclear what will happen to the mercenary troops uh, doing Russian President Vladimir Putin's bidding in places like Africa and the Middle East. Putin alleged uh, allegedly agreed to drop the criminal case against Prigozhin by Moscow's Federal Security Services, first opened Saturday morning in exchange for his exile from Russia. By reporting by Russian media outlets Monday, Suggested the case has not yet been dropped and speculation is mounted over Prigozhin's whereabouts, his security and the future of his mercenary group, which Putin has relied on to carry out objectives that Moscow doesn't want his uh, its military linked to. The Russian government has denied any connection with the private military company, despite numerous U.N. level reports showing that Wagner forces have been used to uh, pursue Russian interests abroad, a claim that was further dismantled. By Prigozhin, who repeatedly accused the Russian Ministry of Defense of not providing his forces with adequate arms in Ukraine. African nations like Central African Republic and Mali, who closed uh, with close ties to Putin, have become a top priority in the geopolitical sphere, have previously claimed that the controversial mercenary group accused of human rights abuses was not working within their borders and instead suggested their militaries are had agreements with the Kremlin. But Prigozhin's uh, recent devotional uh, shift has left leaders from these nations questioning how the severed relationship between Wagner's chief and Putin could affect their security at home. Farmers who are interested in a fast, accurate way to rid their fields of weeds have a new option in the AI space, artificial intelligence. Carbon Robotics is now shipping It's laser weeder to farms around the United States. The machine uses the power of lasers and robotics to rid fields of weeds. Weeds are one of the most tedious, time-consuming, and challenging elements of farming. Carbon Robotics told Fox Business via email, the laser weeder can eliminate up to 200,000 weeds per hour and offer up to 80% cost savings in weed control. The laser weeder is a 20-foot-wide unit comprised of three rows of 10 lasers that are Uh, pulled behind a tractor. 30 lasers are at work as the unit travels across a field, destroying weeds with millimeter accuracy, skipping the plant and uh, killing the weed, says the director. Laser Weeder does the equivalent work of about 70 people, he continued. On the investigation of Hunter Biden, the Federalists writes that Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss told the House Judiciary Committee he had been granted ultimate authority over prosecutorial decisions related to the criminal investigation 
in January or rather June of 23 in a letter obtained by the Federalist. However, Weiss's letter to Congress and Attorney General Merrick Garland's earlier testimony to the Senate Judiciary Committee that Weiss had full authority to charge Hunter Biden directly conflicts with statements Weiss made to senior members of the team investigating Biden's son. So either Weiss uh, is not being honest as his top investigators or to his top investigators or Weiss and Garland deceived Congress. There's no other way around it as the investigation into the veracity of statements made continues. Are they turning on the president? The elite media is suddenly vigilant on the coverage of the Biden scandals. David Catron points out that something changed last week inside the Beltway that suggests the people who run the Democratic Party now realize President Biden's tenure in office is not sustainable beyond 24. It was the sudden awakening of the White House press corps. The media's sudden wakefulness suggests a precarious future for President Biden. The usual slumbering press corps abruptly interrogated the White House on the burgeoning Hunter Biden's scandal, signaling a possible regime change. Media outlets that previously echoed Biden's denial of discussing his son's business dealings now reported on IRS whistleblowers testimony, alleging political interference in the investigation. New York Governor Hochul signed a bill making the Empire State a sanctuary for parents with trans kids. The Democrat governor signed legislation Sunday making New York a sanctuary state for transgender identifying kids seeking to evade sex change bans in other states. The legislation amends existing family court law to prohibit law enforcement or state agencies from cooperating with law. Uh, in certain states that ban or limit sex changes for minors. Under the legislation, arrests and subpoenas cannot be made in relation to out-of-state children receiving sex changes in New York and prohibits police from acting in such cases. Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom of California signed similar legislation in September of last year, making the state a sanctuary state for trans kids. The legislation prevents the prosecution of parents and kids for entering California to obtain transgender procedures that are banned in their states of residence. There's been a 4,000 percent surge in students claiming non-binary status. Recent state enrollment data from New Jersey has found that the amount of students or the number of students in the public school system who are non uh, considering themselves to be non-binary has skyrocketed over 4,000 percent during the past four years. In the 2019-2020 school year, a mere total of 16 students identified with such a label, according to enrollment figures from the New Jersey Department of Education. Now that number has ballooned to 675, marking an excess of 4,118% increase uh, in a year. Uh, New Jersey is not the only state where such marked upswings in children identifying with such a concept have been observed in recent times. A survey conducted by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in April found that approximately one in four high school students now consider themselves to be LGBTQ. The question is, will they consider themselves the same at some point in the future? The U.S. Supreme Court has cleared a path for changes in Louisiana redistricting. The court on Monday tossed out a bid by Louisiana Republicans seeking to reverse a lower court ruling that ordered it to redraw its congressional map paving the way for new voting lines to be drawn to include a second majority black congressional district before the 2024 election. And Sweden has made a U-turn on green energy, turning to clean nuclear power. Sweden just dealt a severe blow to the globalist climate agenda by scrapping its green energy targets. In a statement announcing the new policy in the Swedish parliament, Finance Minister Elizabeth 
Svantessen. She warned that the Scandinavian nation needs a stable energy system. European countries are under constant pressure from multiple directions to shift to renewable energy to meet the goals of the World Economic Forum's Green Agenda. How iconic that a European country, Sweden, to boot, finally wakes up to the reality of the green energy versus the stability and efficiency of the uh, pretend menace of nuclear energy. We're going to take a break. And when we return, a conversation I had with Dennis Hayes and Mike Lee about the upcomer, upcoming um, golf event for pastors and church leaders, ministry leaders, the pastors, masters coming up on the 17th of July. More details in just a moment. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, good afternoon and welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. With me in studio are two of my favorite people, the general manager of KPDQ and all of the other Salem Media stations here, Dennis Hayes and the local ministry director, Mike Lee. We're here to talk about an event that's coming up. I am so excited about that is the Pastors Masters Golf Tournament. First of all, welcome to both of you. Thanks, Georgine. What a privilege it is to be in the room with you two. It is. It is. This is such a cool event because we're not asking the pastors to do anything except come together and enjoy an 18 hole round of golf. What's behind this this event? Well, one of the key things that we want to do, and you do this every day on the air, you want to bless our pastors, our ministers, those that are in ministry. And so the pastor's event, though we haven't had it in the last three years because mm-hmm. of COVID and yeah. so forth, uh, we brought it back this year. And simply it is an opportunity for pastors to come together, forget about all the other things that's going on in, in their lives and their ministry, and just have fun golfing and there's um some prizes for them there's also uh little kind of breakfast snacks and then we have a beautiful lunch that we want to bless them with as well so we we just want to have an opportunity to celebrate our pastors you know i think few of us recognize the tremendous pressure that church leaders are under these days they're called and so there's the commitment there but there's a tremendous amount of weight that they bear on a regular basis. Mike, you work with pastors and church leaders all the time. Can you give us a bit of perspective on that? I must admit, golf, I respect that it takes a lot of effort and skill and that not everyone can do it. But golf to me is like NASCAR. I don't understand it. I don't get the appeal. <laughs> so I worked for about five of these pastors' masters events over the years, and it finally clicked. When a pastor came up to me and admitted, just for one day, I get to be a normal person out having fun with friends. Yeah. And that's when it finally clicked of how important this pastor's master's golf outing is. So, Dennis, as our general manager, I want to thank you very much for fighting to get this back. Because we work for a big company that wants us to make sure that we're not losing money. Times are what they are. COVID hit. We've had layoffs over the years. So I realized that you struggled with the company to make sure that we would be allowed to do this. So thank you for your efforts to bless the pastors. Thank you for all of the whole sponsors that have come forward and saying, we want to help you just get out and have a good day with your friends. Thank you, Langdon Farms, for treating us like gold all these years and allowing us to host it at a good course. Yeah, great course. Yeah, both challenging, but open to the once-a-year golfer to feel welcome. 
And thank you for plenty food and deli European cuisine in Happy Valley for making some amazing food, not only for our office, but for the continental breakfast before the shotgun start. Yep. You know, I was just going to say, just to add on what you were talking about, we have pastors that come that are incredible golfers. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are incredible. And then you have pastors that come that are just like me. You know, we know what a golf ball is. That's pretty (laughs) much it. Supposed to go in the hole. And so it doesn't matter if you are, you know, an incredible golfer or if you you're you're horrible. We just want to invite pastors to come, regardless of how good or how bad they might be. Well, I want to just mention that it's possible for a pastor who might think, I'm not sure I want to go by myself. Put a team together. Get your youth ministry leader there and some other folks. Put a team together and come and play 18 holes of golf. It really is a beautiful um, uh, golf course. Uh, You get to be around others who are in like-minded work and to just enjoy. And again, we're not asking you to do anything except come and enjoy yourself. As you mentioned, there's a a, a light breakfast at 7 a.m. when folks arrive. Things begin at 8 o'clock. This is on Monday, July the 17th. You get to play 18 holes for $25, which is unheard of. And then we have a, a lunch to follow, and there are some prizes for uh, for some of these uh, mm-hmm. some, some of these players. So we're encouraging you to join us. This whole event is presented by Adventist Health Portland, the Pastors Masters Golf Tournament, and this year we're back out at uh, Langdon Farms in Aurora. That's just um, close to West uh, Wilsonville. Wilsonville. I'll get Westland right and Wilsonville. Yeah. Yeah. Pass by it every day, probably. It's easy to find. So, yeah. um, and this is one of the best maintained golf courses in the Pacific Northwest. So it's just a beautiful uh, facility, a beautiful day, wonderful fellowship. You're going to be greeted and encouraged at several of the holes while you're golfing. It's a day that we want to encourage you to be a part of. To um, to join us, all you need to do is go to kpdq.com, and all the important details are there. And we would encourage you to come by yourself if you want to, or to bring a team and put some uh, some folks together. Just come and enjoy a day that's just to say, we appreciate you. We recognize the tremendous sacrifices you made. We recognize the calling on your life that doesn't afford you Amen. this kind of recreation very often. And we just want to affirm you that we desperately need you to continue in your work and uh, to just bless you. So that's really what it's all about. There's not going to be a Amway pitch somewhere in the middle. <laughs> We're just going to. Well, we thought but. about that, but uh, Mike said no. Okay, okay. well, <laughs> you can get your soap somewhere else. Georgian, can I just make one clarification? Yeah. Uh, Dennis came up with the brilliant title of Pastors Masters, which he unfortunately never patented because everyone stole it since then. But it's for ministry leaders as well. And yes. I will argue the middle school girls youth group leader or the parking lot attendant, or the church secretary, or the Sunday school volunteer probably needs an outlet or an outing or a break more than the lead pastor of a church that gets invited everywhere. So keep in mind, if you work in ministry at all, be a part of this. Yeah, Join us. Enjoy a day out. This happens once a year. And it's just a, it's going to be a beautiful day. It's just an opportunity to be blessed and to bless you. So we hope you'll take full advantage of this personal invitation, which we are extending to you on behalf of uh, KPDQ and our sister stations here uh, in the Portland metro area. Again, you can sign up at kpdq.com, and we would encourage you to do that. You don't need to worry about breakfast before you arrive, because at 7 a.m., we have a sumptuous feast 
Okay, that might be a slight overstatement, but we do have uh, breakfast food available for you there, and that is going to be uh, provided for you. Uh, that's plenty of food and deli European cuisine in Happy Valley. And then uh, 8 o'clock tea, uh, tea off. See, I don't even know how to refer to the tea it's, off. It's not tea. It's not a tea party. There. No, <laughs> you don't have to no. have your it's pinkies up. There you go. <laughs> and then around 1230, uh, a great uh, buffet luncheon after the tournament. Uh, with some bonus sponsor activities at various holes as you're golfing throughout the the course, it's just a fun fun day. I know we, um, I know Mike, you get to man one of the holes. Uh, the Georgine Rice Show will be at one of them. One of my favorite things is just having these teams come through mm. uh, to have conversation, to encourage and bless and express our high regard, and it's just a fun day. It is, and I hope they hear this and be excited to come. We personally invite you. Absolutely. It's on a Monday, so we know you have a busy weekend. Monday is your day off for many, so we want to encourage you to take full advantage of this opportunity. You're finished midday, so uh, breakfast at 7, golf at 8, lunch uh, midday, and then you're back off to uh, whatever it is you do uh, during your spare time. KPDQ.com is the uh, the way to register for you and your team, or if you're coming by yourself. We just want you to come, and there is space available so don't hesitate to do that. $25, which is um, very reasonable for 18 um, mm-hmm. holes of golf. That's that's not... Plus lunch. I hear that's unheard of. Yeah, it's it's pretty much unheard of. So we encourage you to come. Final words, Dennis Hayes, our fearless leader. Um, simply come. We want to bless you. We want you just to come and enjoy other pastors or ministry leaders and um, just time of refreshing. Yep. Be refreshed, be blessed. So if you're listening, you uh, need to tell your pastor and ministry leaders to put the team together to come uh, to enjoy this time of encouragement and fellowship. Mike Lee, final words? Somewhere out there is a ministry leader or a pastor who hasn't had a break any time recently. Reach out, make sure they know about it. Bring them yourselves. Golf alongside them even. Hmm. But make sure that they know that you appreciate them. Again, go to kpdq.com. All the important details are there. $25 per person uh, is a great price for 18 holes of of golf at a beautiful uh, golf course here in the metro area. And we are looking forward to greeting you, to feeding you, to encouraging you, to blessing you, and to giving you a great day outdoors. Gentlemen, Dennis Hayes, Mike Lee, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, we look forward to celebrating with our pastors. Thank you. Again, that's coming up on the 17th of July. That's a Monday, uh, 7 a.m. All right, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back. So stay with us. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the final segment of The Georgine Rice Show. Well, churches across Europe are being abandoned or converted into entertainment venues as Christianity continues to decline on the continent. That is painful. I will not hide it. On the other hand, there is no return to the past possible. That's a quote from Monsignor Johann Bonny, the Bishop of Antwerp, Belgium, speaking to the Associated Press. The bishop's comments come as churches across Belgium and Europe sit increasingly abandoned, a symptom of the decline in Christianity on the continent that once helped spread Christianity to every region of the world. Now, it is sad to me to consider that buildings that were once dedicated to worship are now being used for all kinds of purposes. I see that in my own community. Uh, We recognize that the church, of course, is not brick and mortar. It's not a facility. It's not a building. It is 
the collection of believers who have put their trust and confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. But it is a sad reflection of the times, particularly in Europe. The bishop's comments have come at that time. Well, some of the churches have been converted into venues such as clothing shops, nightclubs and hotels. In um, Michelin, Belgium, the Sacred Heart Church has closed down for two years as the building converted into a cafe and concert venue. Investors believe will turn the church into a new cultural hotspot in the heart of the, uh, the town. The repurposing of some of Belgium's greatest churches and cathedrals comes after a 2018 Pew Research study showed that while 83 percent of Belgians say they were raised Christian, only 55 percent still follow the faith. Meanwhile, only 10 percent of Belgians say they attend church services regularly. Only 10 percent. The trend isn't unique to Belgium, with uh, churches from Italy and Germany being repurposed for similar purposes. However, the trend is uh, most pronounced in Flanders, the Dutch-speaking northern region of Belgium, where towns once had an average of six churches. Um, Now local leaders say some of the buildings become eyesores and a drain on municipal finances, leading to the movement to convert those buildings into new businesses. Are you praying for revival here and abroad? In my city, says one observer, the mayor in my city, we have a brewery in a church. We have a hotel in a church. We have a cultural center in a church. We have a library in a church. He's leading the charge to repurpose about 350 churches across Flanders. So we have a lot of new destinations for the churches. One such project in the town was the Martin's Pastorshof Hotel, which was made by gutting the inside of a church to create rooms that featured beds with headboards that resembled organ pipes and a breakfast room next to the former altar. We often hear that people come here to relax and enjoy the silence of its former identity, says the hotel manager. In the hotel, people sleep in a church, engage in activities in a church. So you could say ethically, it's a good idea to have a hotel, or is it a good idea to have a hotel in a church? I don't have so many hesitations, says the Propriety. I'm more concerned about the actual architectural value. Meanwhile, St. Anthony, a, a church in Brussels, was converted into a, a climbing club where much of the old remains of the church still displayed. The stained glass uh, brings a real shimmery and warm light to the venue, but much of, of the uh, structure is covered by platforms where people can scale the walls. Every 300 years, uh, we nearly had it to start again. Uh, with something new. Uh, Bonnie also believes that the moment is temporary, pointing toward the long arc of history and arguing that the potential rebirth of the faith in Europe could still happen. Again, every 300 years, we nearly had to start again. Something new, I'm sure, will happen, but it takes time. But it's not just the passage of time. It, of course, involves prayers, revival, evangelism, and we can only hope and pray that will be the case there. And for many of us who are praying for revival, that that will be the case here as well. Robert Hawthorne wrote a, a piece recently on freedom and liberty. What is meant by these terms? Both refer to the quality of being free, but to be free from what and to be free to do what? Freedom and liberty are the first principles of conservatism and the last principles of the radical socialist Marxist leftist ideology. I could ask 10 individuals to provide their thoughts on these first principles, and I would get 10 totally different perspectives, and none of them would be wrong. So how can we come to a harmony of opinion so as to clearly understand freedom and liberty within our sovereign nation? 
Just as the Constitution applies exclusively to the United States of America, virtually the same could be said concerning our freedom and liberty. We are the freest nation on earth, yet all people, not just those of us living in America, yearn for these things. Let me lay out one basic foundation. You cannot have liberty unless you ensure that we are as a nation, we have freedom. And you cannot have freedom without a free government. How should one distinguish between the terms freedom and liberty? We can start with the wisdom and vision of the founding fathers. Within the Declaration of Independence, Thomas Jefferson laid the foundation for the meaning of freedom. Jefferson stated, but when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object invinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, the history of the present king of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states, referring, of course, to the colonies. He is at this time transporting large armies of foreign foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. What was Jefferson stating when he applied the words despotism, oppression, tyranny, and tyrant? He was clearly stating this new United States of America would have freedom from despotism, oppression, tyranny, and a tyrant, and that we as a nation would fight to have that freedom from. The fight they did. As a result, in the new United States of America, the people would be free from and would now have the liberty to be free to make free choices for themselves, their families, their community, their church, etc., Now, a side note, Thomas Jefferson, while passionate about these principles, did not apply them to his own household as he was himself a slaveholder. But he understood the principles and later in life, when it was in his best interest to do so, acknowledged that. Simply stated, freedom means to be free from and liberty means to be free to. Again, both terms mean the quality to be free. And with liberty comes accountability and responsibility for the personal decisions one makes with that liberty. In more modern times, the one person who truly understood freedom was the 40th president of the United States, Ronald Reagan. When he, uh, when you understand Reagan's conservative principled concept of freedom, you'll grasp the depth of freedom. One shining example, Reagan stated in a speech early in his presidency that he was most happy to assume the role as freedom's voice to the captive peoples and the captive nations behind the uh, Soviet uh, Union's Iron Curtain. And what was it uh, those captive people wanted? freedom from despotism, oppression, tyranny, and the tyrant. When our American military fights and dies on foreign soil, they are not fighting for freedom of the press or freedom of religion. They are fighting so those captive peoples can be free from and to have liberty to. All people need to be reminded of their freedom and the liberties and the need to understand and reassert them, especially we Americans who can so often take them for granted. Well, we are out of time. I do want to thank James Blend for producing, Dave King for engineering, and thank you for making the Georgine Rice Show part of your day. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.